0: Hello again, it's Kat, and welcome back to So Below, healing trauma with respect to our duality. Now up until this point, we've mostly talked about healing our trauma. We've touched on duality and using it to move our healing process forward, but I haven't really discussed how to understand our duality. I did talk about changing our perceptions of good and bad and, you know, kind of shaking certain ideas up. Uh, But I haven't really gotten into that. And a big part of that is because in order to share those experiences, I have to share my experience of the other side, which is a very hard thing to do because, first of all, it's very personal. But at the same time, I knew when it was happening that it was one that I was going to have to share. Also, how do you begin to explain something that most people don't experience in this life? In my lifetime, I knew one other person that had been to the other side on more than one occasion. It was my great-grandfather, and he passed away when I was young, when I was 11. And, you know, I knew he'd had an experience, you know, I knew he'd had more than one experience on the other side, and I'd heard stories of it, and when I was a child's, my mother uh, told me about a book called Return from Tomorrow that my grandfather had said was just like his experience on the other side. So I read it and it stuck with me. And honestly, looking back, I can see exactly why they experienced the things that they experienced versus why I experienced what I experienced. Because you experience what you're world is like at the time and the way the world was then we were trudging along slowly moving forward but we're on lightning pace time now and time doesn't work the same on the other side so I know why my experience was vastly different from theirs but very very much the same in a lot of ways um, but you know again how do you start to explain something that most people don't experience and how do you do it in a way that doesn't make you sound completely insane? Um, so when I decided that I was going to share this experience and just not care what anybody thinks one way or another, and just hope that what I say does help somebody heal, because again, that's my only purpose here is I do want to help people heal themselves. Um, but in making this decision, I was reading a book the other day, the Meditations on the Tarot, And the author quotes 2 Corinthians, and he says, I know that this man was raised up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard ineffable words, which man is not allowed to express. And I want you to remember that phrase, heard ineffable words. The author then goes on to say, St. Paul was therefore carried up into the third heaven, or the third macrocosmic sphere. And he was then raised up into paradise, where he heard ineffable words. Ecstasy to the heights beyond oneself, and ecstasy into the depths within oneself, lead to knowledge of the same fundamental truth. I love so many words in those phrases, in, the, in those passages. And I want you to remember, words are powerful. There's a reason it's called spelling. And the first part was that phrase I asked you to remember. He heard ineffable words. I love the word ineffable. It's unexplainable. It's something you know and understand, but you don't know how to put it into words. That thing that's in the back of your mind that you know, but you don't know how to say. And this has been an experience that has been very ineffable for me. But it's getting able <laughs> I guess. I'm getting to a point where I can, eff it. I, can I can describe it a little bit more. Um, the next phrase, he says, "Ecstasy to heights beyond oneself." And I love that because ecstasy is just a wonderful beginning word to describe what it is on the other side. You move. By thought, you speak telepathically. You can lift yourself into the air, pull your mind back and see in a bird's eye view. Create with your mind. The things you can do on the other side are just so amazing and ecstasy only begins to describe the beauty of what it is. The next word is the word that this entire episode is going to be based on. And that's ecstasy. Looking into oneself. In other words, today I'm going to talk about my experience in hell. Now in order to understand hell, you have to understand yourself. I would consider myself a good person. But good is relative. Yes, I do good things for people. I help people. I am a shoulder for people to cry on. I try to do nice things and be a a genuinely good human being to those around me. But, you know, I curse like a sailor and I have tattoos and I tell dirty jokes and I am, I don't go to church. I'm not what everybody would call perfect, but I am definitely a good person. But I know for a fact that I have a very sick and twisted mind. And if Anybody who has ever had nightmares from the scary stories that I've told, which I know there are a lot of you out there, you know, I, I've, I know that I have a sick and twisted mind. I know that there are depths that my mind can go that are just straight up fucked up. And I am perfectly aware of this side of me. It's there and it's waiting for me, but I, it's not like it's the part of me that I enjoy the most. I enjoy playing with it every now and then, but I don't use it to hurt other people. And I mean, I know I'm perfectly capable of using it. I tell my kids all the time, if someone were to hurt them the way I've been hurt, I would, you know, I'd track that person down. I would take them out to a remote place, torture them a little bit, chop their dick off chop it up cook it up cook it up gourmet and feed it to him and ask him how dick tastes before i kill him and the thing is i know i'm perfectly capable of doing those things but do i want to do them no it doesn't serve a higher purpose which is why with my situation with my ex we chose love it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war i want to be a warrior in the garden yes Violence is an option that could have been taken to retaliate and could have been handled that way. But that doesn't benefit anybody's soul. Taking the higher road in the situation like we did with, you know, and we, am referring to me and my family, taking the higher road in that situation and not seeking that type of retribution, that, you know, was for us, that was a gift to myself. And, you know, that was a gift for all of us because it's not beneficial to my energy. It's not beneficial to my soul to invite that darkness into myself. Am I capable of it? Yes, but should I do it? No. And will I do it? Not if I don't have to, because I don't want to do that to my soul. So understanding yourself that way, understanding that yes, you do have that capability is important because being the warrior in the garden when you're peaceful, you're peaceful. If you're a gardener at war, you're not peaceful, you're harmless. And there is a huge difference between being peaceful and harmless. It is important to arm yourself emotionally. It is important to not be harmless, but to choose to be peaceful. And so that is one thing I do want us to understand when it comes to discussing hell is understanding what it really is. Because I'm going to tell you a secret we're experiencing it right now this is the closest to hell we're going to get some people will go on in the next part in the in the in between and they will experience the worst of this because that's what hell is is the worst of this it's the worst of what we can create our subconscious does not understand the outside world it only knows us other people do not exist to our subconscious. That is our conscious, that understa- consciousness that understands that other people are there, that is aware of the existence of others around us. But our subconscious is only aware of ourselves. And hell is an experience of our own creation. And that is what we do in this life, is we create our own hell on earth, which continues into the next life until you can understand how to move past it. History repeats itself because people are trying to understand how to move past their pain, how to break these generational curses. And in order to help you break those curses, I'm going to tell you another secret about which religion is true, about which one has it right. And the answer is all of them. Each religion is like a tide pool, its own tiny little ecosystem with enough life and truth and reality to study for your entire life. But there is an entire ocean of truth out there. And if you get lost looking in one tide pool, you're going to miss the entire ocean. If you want to get out of hell, if you want to avoid hell, look into yourself figure yourself out and start to learn learn the truth of what's out there because so much more is true than you're willing to believe most people are unwilling to believe the reality of how much is actually true reincarnation it happens History repeats itself because the gods keep bringing the same situations back into our lives to see if we're still fucking stupid. Turns out we're still fucking stupid. Let's stop being stupid, okay? Christianity, yes, but actual Christianity, not this fucked up politicized bullshit that you see today. Jesus said, Love everyone, full stop. Help the poor. Don't judge. He was like the ultimate hippie. And if you actually listen to what Jesus said, he was a pretty cool dude. But this crap that I see all the time of hating your neighbors and being unwilling to just put your own ego aside and what you think is right and wrong and stop judging people for sinning differently than you do. And, you know, doing what Jesus did and being like Jesus. I mean, I remember as a Mormon Growing up singing songs, I'm trying to be like Jesus and, you know, walk like him, talk like him, be like him. And yet everyone around me was this violent hypocrite because they would talk about being like Jesus and then they would treat me like garbage or treat other people like garbage because they did things differently than the way they believed them. Okay, let me amend that. There were many, many, many people that I grew up with who were the embodiment of Christ and what he was supposed to be. They were good human beings who loved us and who had open arms and who loved all their neighbors and did all the things that Christ actually said. And those are the people that religion benefits, the people that actually do the things that the religion teaches. Um, But I digress, you know, Greek, Roman mythology, all of it, it's not mythology. It's all real. It all <laughs> ties together. I read this book not long ago called The Secret History of the World um, by Michael Booth. I devoured that book. That was the one thing that placed everything in a way that made sense to me. Um, you know, I read the Bible multiple times growing up. I read the Book of Mormon. We read the Doctrine and Coven- Covenants, Pearl of Great Price. I went on, I read the Bhagavad Gita because I was married to a man from Nepal, and I read the Quran, I read the Torah, I studied anthropology and psychology in in college, and I toured at the multicultural dance group. I have always loved the study of world religion and world cultures. And what I saw on the other side supports that all of it is real. All of it made sense. All of it is exactly as it says it is, it's not mythology, and we need to stop taking everything as myth. Life is a test, and we've been failing that test because we've been failing to heal for the future generations. We've been failing to stop the pain from moving forward. We've been failing to learn from our mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes that we've made as a humankind is to ignore our inner voices and to teach our children to do that. From the minute we're born, we're told what to do. We're told who to be. We're told what's right and what's wrong. Yes, some things do need to be guided. Yes, nurturing is necessary, especially when raising a child. But when we teach ourselves to only look for external validation, from God, from the Holy Spirit, from whatever. We lose our own voice, not to mention this industrial system, this capitalist society. This was not meant to harness greatness. It was meant to harvest workers. It was meant to suppress the magic that we have inside of us and to suppress who we are. And it's this suppression of our inner voice that makes us controllable. It makes us moldable. It turns us into the assembly line that we need to be to keep the powers that be in power. To keep the governing forces in control of everything. And when we aren't in control of our own thoughts, of our own feelings, we are in literal hell. That's what hell was for me every single fucked up thing i experienced there the fire and brimstone the the torture the the awful things they all came from not respecting my own boundaries not speaking up for myself not standing up for my own truth it wasn't until i was done disrespecting myself, it wasn't until I was ready to look at myself and see what I actually deserved and stop punishing myself and start figuring out what I need to do to get out of where I was, that I was able to start to move and start to go somewhere. I was able to start generating energy. And as I searched for a way out, I was summoned And I met Lucifer or Satan or the devil or whatever you'd call him. And I spent a long time speaking with him while he interrogated me and talked to me. And we spoke and got to know each other. And I can tell you this much. I have seen more evil in the eyes of good men than I did in his because the gods aren't capable of the same evil we are. It's our dual nature. It's our darkness. It's our light that makes us alchemy. It makes us magical. It makes us creation. It is our duality that makes the song of spheres. The song of creation that comes from our darkness, and we are all capable of it. But being peaceful and not helpless, being capable of darkness, but choosing light, that is a magic in and of itself. And it's that magic that will set you free. It's standing up for yourself. It's speaking your truth. It's not allowing yourself to stay in stasis in the same situation. It's not allowing yourself to continue sitting in the filth. So you fight your way out. Even after, you know, the devil showed me the way out. I don't like calling him that, but he didn't give me a name. and. I don't know, he just is not the evil thing that everybody has always made him out to be, so I don't know how to address him, so I don't know what else to call him. I still had to climb out of the cliffs. I had to pull myself from the depths of hell while my demons fought me down like harpies swooping down on me. But when I finally got to the top, And I could look down at hell from the eyes of above. It was beautiful, like a dark chasm filled with black and red crystals. It looked mesmerizing from above because our darkness is beautiful as well. Being capable of darkness and being capable of light, that is what makes you human. That is what makes you who you are. And it is that capability that gives you the power to heal. It gives you the power to move mountains. It gives you the power to stand up for yourself and say, I deserve better. It's in this deciding moment we find ecstasy. Like in childbirth, the final push after hours of labor when you don't feel like you can, but you give it everything you got and bear down one last time. It's that final force of will to break through the wall at the end of the race. It's summoning every last ounce of strength for the fighter getting pummeled at the end of the last round who throws that Hail Mary right hook and wins by knockout. Instancy is found in these deciding moments where we decide to choose darkness or light, to choose greatness or mediocrity. Instancy is found at rock bottom. It's that moment you decide to turn your life around. It's the decision that you are enough. And if you only believe one thing from this episode, I hope it's this that you're worth it. You deserve healing. You're not alone. And you're enough.